0: Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God given purpose. Enjoy. All right. I'll get over this. Um, I have no notes which is very unusual for me, so open your Bibles to John chapter 11, and we're just going to read some scripture and see what God has to say to us tonight. We're going to start in John chapter 11, verse 1, and I'm reading out of uh, New King James. So now a certain man was sick, and I'm just going to make my own observations as we go. A certain man was sick. Now a certain man, to me, is very specific. It just didn't say a man, it said a certain man. So it was someone that uh, has value to Jesus in some shape, form, or fashion. Not that other people don't, it's just, you know, it's very specific here. It says now a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, uh, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was the same Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him. So they sent to him. They didn't go themselves. I don't read that Mary and Martha went to Jesus, but they sent to him. So they had a a friend, a servant, a who knows somebody uh, went to send him to Jesus, saying, "Lord, behold, the one whom you love is sick." And I, I thought that was interesting. They didn't even say his name. Just, "Lord, the one you love is sick." So, since I'm I'm assuming that since he, they may have said, "Well, you know, we're from Mary and Martha and." And the one you love is sick. So maybe he knew, but we know Jesus knows everything. But I wonder why they didn't say Lazarus is sick. Behold, the one you love is sick. Verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Remember that. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So Jesus has already got a plan. He knows what's going to happen. So he's mapping out the plan. The Lord, he only did what God told him to say and do. So God has already enlightened him on what's going on. So that goes back to the certain man. So I think this was all God's plan. So now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and, her sister and Lazarus. So that's twice that they've mentioned that he loved them. So when he heard that he was sick, catch this. So he loves him, he knows he's sick, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed where he was, and he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Okay, I don't know about you guys, but when I get news like that, I tend to not just hang around. You know, if you get a phone call, somebody's sick or somebody's in the hospital and you feel like it's urgent, you're not going to wait two more, <laughs> two more days. So he just he just sort of hung around, hey. Okay, Lazarus is sick. Guys, we're sticking here two days. So remember the two days. (laughs) Then, after this, he said to his disciples, so he stayed two more days, then he said to to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? And Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if he walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Okay, so I did a lot of reading and research on that. And I saw some commentaries that said that, well, he only plans on traveling in the daylight where they can't ambush him at night. And then some commentaries said, well, it could be because uh, his time hadn't come yet. He knew that his death, has, it wasn't time for him to die. So he wasn't worried or afraid or concerned about the, the uh, Jews trying to catch him and kill him because he could just walk right through them because it wasn't his appointed time to die yet. So, you know, I'm not for sure which one. It may be both. Maybe you can extract both of those theories out of, you know, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. So that's talking about physical day, I think. But then if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. So when he's talking about light in him, to me, that's the light, Jesus being the light. So, I think that it's probably both. He planned on walking during the day, and he was just going to walk right through the middle of them because it ain't my time. So, and there was one point, uh, I just come to mind, where he was, they took him out to a hill. I don't know where it is. They took him out to a hill to stone him, and he just turned around and walked right back through them. Like, ain't my time. See ya. Walked right through the middle of them. So, Anyway, so he's not afraid of going back to Judea because it's not his time to die. And maybe he's going to walk during the day. So verse 11, these things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. So I was talking to John before service trying to get a little insight there on some of the scriptures, and he said, uh, you know, wake him up is uh, like a call to evangelism so you know god calls us to wake people up i mean that's part of the mission of faith center is to waken and equip so we're to wake people up and it's a call to an evangelism but he was saying you know lazarus is asleep so we're going to go wake him up then the disciples said in verse 12 lord if he sleeps he will get well however jesus spoke of his death but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, <laughs> I could just see this. Y'all, Lazarus is dead. He ain't sleeping. He's dead. So Jesus already knew he was dead. So when they came and told him, well, Lazarus is sick. So he stayed two more days and Jesus knows he's dead. I don't read anywhere else that they, they sent somebody else and said, don't bother coming, he's dead. So Jesus knew that. See the plan playing out here? It's all a plan. And then, uh, where was I? Yeah. And he says, Lazarus is dead, 15. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go, let us also go that we may die with him. 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Okay. So we lost two days somewhere. So he's after he got word, he said he decided to stay where he was two more days. So when he gets there, he's been dead four days. So... Did he die the moment that, they, that Mary and Martha sent the messengers? Did he die, uh, you know, did Jesus know he was going to die right then when they came and told him he was sick? I don't know, but there's two days. Did it take him two days to walk there? You see what I mean? So there's two days. So he, he stayed two more days, and then when he got there, he had been dead in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. So I don't know where he was before, but you can walk two miles faster than two days. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. So then Martha, verse 20, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, now, I don't know what she says here. I don't know if she said it with attitude or if she said it with humility or whatever. But she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So I don't know how she said it. I don't know if she said it, Lord, if you'd just been here, he wouldn't have died. Or if she said, Lord, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. You know, I don't know how she said it. But nonetheless, um. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. So the plan's starting to play out. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So he's explaining to her that, yeah, he'll rise in the resurrection, but Jesus is the resurrection. So he'll rise when Jesus tells him to rise. And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So, verse 28. And when she had said these things, uh, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. Okay, so I don't see anywhere where Jesus said, hey, when you get home, send Mary out here. So I wonder why Martha went home and told her sister that Jesus wants to see you. You know, maybe he said that, but it's not recorded in the scriptures. So I don't know, and why did she call her secretly to say, hey, Jesus is here, and he wants to see you? So as soon as Mary heard this, verse 29, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was, st- uh, was in the place where Martha met him. So he hadn't moved. He was staying in the same spot. Then Jesus, or then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up uh, rose up quickly and went out following her, they were saying, "She is going to the tomb to weep there." Then, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, "Now I think I think she, you know, I'm not sure how Martha said it, but I think Mary, when she fell at his feet, I think she just was just like broken." Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. So why do you think he was troubled? He he already knows what the plan is. He said, Lazarus is dead. We're going to wake him up. So why was he troubled? Was he I don't think he was troubled? Well, I'll get in that in just a second. Uh, and when he said uh, when he said, uh, and then he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Come, Lord, and see. And then Jesus wept. So let's pause right there. So Jesus wept, uh, I honestly do not believe that he wept because he missed Lazarus. I don't believe he was weeping because Lazarus died. Uh, I think he's weeping at their unbelief. So, I mean, Martha come running out there and said, if you'd just been here, he wouldn't have died. Mary comes out there and said, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. You know, and he asked Martha questions, you know, do you believe that I'm the resurrection? Do you believe that I'm the life? Do you believe that, you know, these things, do you believe that? Do you believe it? Do you know it down in your knower? And, uh, you know, I think he's just, I think he wept because he's just, uh, because of the unbelief that surrounded him. You know, he's just like, I'm right here. I'm telling you who I am. I'm showing you who I am. And you still don't believe, don't get it. And that's, to me, that's just huge for me, because gosh, how many times have we done that? How many times have I done that? You know, and let's go back to the, he stayed where he was two more days. So, um, you know, that old song, he's an on-time God. If you grew up any kind of Pentecostal, I know you've heard that song. You probably jumped and shouted about it a few times, but he is an on-time God. He doesn't. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. And uh, his timetable isn't our timetable. So just because, you know, he stayed two more days, he knew what the plan was. He knew what was going to happen. And I think that he's weeping simply because of the unbelief. Okay, that's Bill's two cents. (laughs) Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Oh, see, they just think he's weeping because, you know, of Lazarus' death. And he just, he misses Lazarus so much that he's crying. That's what they're thinking. But he's already told his disciples, hey, in West Kentucky, we're going to wake him up. You know, we're going. Let's go. We're not worried about the Jews getting me. They're not, we're not worried about anything. We're going to go wake Lazarus up. And uh, verse 37, and some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? He probably wept again. They just didn't write it, (laughs) write it down. They just don't get it, God. Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb Uh, right here in my notes in this, in this particular Bible, it says groaning. The word is used to express anger. So I just wonder if he's just like, Oh God, they just don't get it. I've told them, I've showed them, I've walked with them, you know? So when Jesus, uh, then Jesus again, groaning himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Okay. So sidebar, when John was sitting here, he said when he went to Israel, he actually saw what they say is the Lazarus tomb. Has anybody else ever been to Israel in here? Nobody? Okay. So John was telling me, he said, it's not like this little hole. This is what he was just telling me just just now. He said that to get down in it, he said it's like that stairway. He said "It's it's a long way down in there. So... He was saying when when he called Lazarus, he said, I think it took a few minutes because he was bound, you know, and he's got to climb up out of this hole because he said it's not just a, you know, a little place in the rock. It's actually, a, and even in here it says uh, it was a cave and a stone lay against it. So a cave to me is probably more in line with what John was saying that, And he said, this is what uh, Jewish tradition says is the tomb of Lazarus. So, and he said, it's a lot bigger than just a little place where you might lay a body and shove a rock over in front of it. End of sidebar. Jesus said, take away the stone. So he told the people, he didn't walk up there and just, you know, use the, star wars force he didn't just go and move the stone out of the way he told the people to to move the stone and i have a note written in here from i don't know one of john's previous sermons where he he says that the stone represents the law so our our role in being jesus in this world is to uh take away the remove the stone remove the law from you know people and awaken them So he told the people, he said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Now I like the old King James because it said he stinketh. So he stinketh. So there's a stench, and he's been dead four days. So I don't know anything about decomposing human bodies but yeah you leave a dead deer or a dead coon or something out four days it's not going to be too too good but um, John said he didn't know about that because he said a lot of times they would uh, uh, anoint the body with different types of spices and oils and stuff before they wrapped it so Jesus said to her Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, again, he only did and said what God showed him to do. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He didn't pray it right there. He had already prayed it. I think he prayed at the moment he got word that Lazarus was was sick. So he got word from God that he was going to be resurrected. That's why he wasn't concerned about staying two more days where he was. So, uh, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe uh, that you sent me. There's the the weeping right there is where he, he was doing this so that they would believe and he was trying to help them with their unbelief. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And I've heard, and you guys probably all heard this too, that he said Lazarus because... If he had said, come forth, then everybody would have got up. So he had to specify who he wanted to get. Because he's the resurrection. Could he not say, get up to whoever he wanted to? But this was all, this was done so that God would be glorified. He knew that it wasn't a permanent thing. Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. So not only was he bound, he probably couldn't see. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. And I've got a little uh, handwritten note here. It says that's the church. The church's job is to loose them and let them go. So evangelism. So we're to roll away the stone. That's the law. Bring people to Jesus. And then loose them and let them free. Let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come, I'm in 45, had come to Mary and had seen these things Jesus did, believed him, believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things that Jesus did. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do? For this man works many signs. Okay, raising somebody from the dead is just, you know, I don't know. That's sort of a big deal. And if we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Okay, so they weren't worried about, you know, keeping the law. They weren't worried about getting people to heaven. They weren't, all they were worried about was their power and their nation. Right there, very plain. And the Pharisees were part of the Sanhedrin and the Sanhedrin was like the rulers of that time. So that's political. So they were not only the religious leaders, but they were the political leaders and influencers of that day as well. So they they were concerned about losing their, their power and their nation. So if everybody believed in Jesus, then the Romans would come, take away their power, take away their nation, and then they've lost all their, you know, their strength and their power and their rule over the people. It wasn't about the people. It was about their position. Sound familiar? Yep, it should. Um, 49, and one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you consider uh, that it is expedient for us that no one should die for the people and, that, and not that the whole nation should perish. Now this he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not, and not for the nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among them excuse me, but went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim and there remained with his disciples. Okay, it's getting close. And the Passover of the Jews was near, so he knew that the time was getting close for his uh, crucifixion. And many went from the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then they sought Jesus and spoke among them uh, spoke among themselves as they stood in the temple. What do you think that uh, he will uh, that he will not come to the feast? That was a question. What do you think? Will he not come to the feast? Now, both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a command that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it, and that they might seize him. So I know that's a lot, but um, you know, I just. There's a lot of nuggets in this story. There's a lot of gold to to glean out. And, um, you know, the Lord's just been dealing with me on timetables. You know, I was talking to you earlier about my house. And I'm all, I want to get done. I want to get back in there. And, you know, I go to this funeral today. And gosh, it just sort of set everything in perspective and you know I was was leaving the funeral and I was just like Lord you are the resurrection could he not could he not have raised that little boy out of that casket he could is it our unbelief was it not in God's plan? Lazarus was in God's plan. I think it was in the plan all along because it was a certain man who was sick and it was the one that Jesus loved and Jesus knew that he was going to raise him from the dead. So why do we not see the miracles like that? I mean, the was it a young boy that fell out of the window when Paul was preaching? And he goes down and it killed him. And he goes down, lays on top of him and he comes back to life. I don't know. Food for thought. (laughs) It's uh, makes me question my own capacity to believe. All things are possible to him that believe. And the father that brought his little boy to the disciples and he said they couldn't cast out the demon and Jesus said do you believe and he said i believe but help me with my unbelief so god just help us lord with our unbelief you know there's a there's a world out there that's so lost so confused And I just can't help but think when they come in here, do we believe enough? Do we have faith enough? Are we calling out the Lazarus from the tombs? Are we rolling away the stones? You know, God's still in the stone rolling business, He is. Whether we help move it or whether, whether an angel comes down and moves it out in front of Jesus tomb, you know, the angel comes down, they moved. I don't I guess this angel moved it. I don't know Jesus could have, I guess. But you know, do I know I'm just babbling along, but I just want to encourage all, I want to encourage myself to dig down and find the faith. gosh, look at what happened with um, Joe Neely. I asked him Sunday morning, I said, have you been back to the doctor? And he said, yeah, it's gone. And the doctor was saying, uh, I don't want him to see anybody else because I want to know what happened to this. Wow. But why can't we see more than that? Why can't we see something like a limb grow? I know. Yeah. Yeah. And John, you know, John is taught and taught about us being in this ramp season and You know, it's just, I don't know, I just want to encourage everybody, dig down, let's have faith like a child. When your kids are little, and you tell them to jump off the bed, you'll catch them. They don't think twice and you better catch them or they're going to land on their face and then they're going to cry and be mad at you. And, but I'm just telling that's the way God is. Have faith as a child. Why can't we just believe him at his word? Lord, I just hope you don't weep because of my unbelief. That's what you guys get when I don't send, write down notes. Right, JP? You get a lot of boohooing. And, but I'm telling you, um, and it's hard for me to be patient. Tanya and Dwayne know me well. And I am not a very patient <laughs> person. But If I sent for Jesus because one of my kids was sick and he waited two days, I think I would have had attitude when he showed up rather than falling at his feet in worship and knowing that he's the actual resurrection. The resurrection isn't just a thing, it's a person. And if he says something, gosh, we ought to latch onto it. Oh, me. He says, jump off the bed, leap. But we don't. I don't. I won't speak for you guys. I don't. Cheryl might, but I don't. But I just, you know, we are at a at a stage in, oh gosh, it's such a great time to be alive. There's so much prophetic stuff uh, happening and being fulfilled in our lifetime. You know, just Israel becoming a nation, I'm not that old, in what, 47 or 48? And then surviving the war of 67, that's just that's prophetic and all the things that are coming down the pipeline things are just being set up for the end the rapture could be any time it could be before I finish this sentence it could be it could be a hundred years I don't think so the scriptures talk about you know, this generation will not pass away before all this is fulfilled. But I just want to encourage you tonight to have faith. If you've got a Lazarus in your life and they're dead and wrapped in burial clothes, call them forth. Call them forth in front of the Lord in your prayer time. We all got them. We all got them. Family members, friends, acquaintances, the stranger at Walmart, and there are some strangers at Walmart. Call them forth. My goodness. This faith conference that's coming up, you know, I'm just, I'm excited. I mean, look at what's happening here. Look at, what's, look at what God is setting up. I mean, we got Jeff Carroll come on. We got Cheryl now over worship. You know, we got um, Garrett in the youth. I mean, things are just being set up for God to do something. So we just need the faith. When he says, I'm going to move, then we just, yes, Lord, move. We got to have that faith. And if we do, oh my gosh, I think we'll see things that will knock your socks off. I'm through talking. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I hope you got something. I would, I would encourage you to go home and read it again because there's all kinds of little nuggets in there. And don't think that Jesus wept because I just don't think he wept because they were weeping because he already knew he was going to wake him up. So he was just weeping because of unbelief. And God, we don't want you weeping over our unbelief. I mean, we're faith center for crying out loud. Help us with our faith. Lord, we believe, but help us with our unbelief. So I'm going to pray. Father, we just love you. We worship you. We honor you. Lord, we fall at your feet. And we just say, you are the resurrection. You are the life. And yes, Lord, we believe. We believe in you. We believe what your word says. We believe in God, the father that sent you. We're so thankful, Lord, that you came and you lived and you died and you rose again and you sent your Holy Spirit all for us. All for us, God. Lord, help us with our unbelief. Lord, help us to not get distracted by the things in life that take away from what really matters and that is people and souls. God, I thank you for these people that have been here tonight and listened. Lord, I hope that your word has brought life to them. I hope that it brings faith to them. Lord, our our hope is to walk in your will, and in your way. We just pray for this upcoming conference, that you would have your way, Lord, that it would not be uh, a thing of man, but it would be you, God, that we would be like Jesus, that we would only say and do what we see you saying and doing. Father, I pray for safe travel tonight. We love you in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center Podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.